Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. We hope you will be blessed by this message. For more information about Metro Church, visit our website at metrochurch.org.au. Thank you. Hey, everybody. Everyone good? Well, going to get straight into it. Got about 120 points to get through. Part two of sin. So, no, just joking. <laughs> All right, let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your presence in this room right now, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that your promise toward us is that you'll never leave us nor forsake us, Lord. And we thank you, Father, that you, your desire for us is to grow, Lord, and to become all that you have destined for us to become, Lord. So, Lord, I pray, Lord, for the word that I speak, Lord, that it would find its receiving place in the hearts of many tonight, Lord. Use me, I pray, Father, and I thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in our lives. We love you, Lord, and thank you for all you've done for us. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Awesome. Well, the, the theme for the month of April is grow. And the theme for our church is enlarge. So we want to grow and we want to enlarge in every part of our life. So I want to talk about growing. The, the topic or the, the title for my message tonight is to grow or not to grow. That is the question. It implies that it's a choice because God gave us free will and it's really up to us if we want to grow or not. God wants us to grow. God puts choices before us. He says, I put before you life and death. Therefore, here's a hint, choose life. So the title of my message is to grow or not to grow. That is the title and the question. <laughs> so God has designed you and I to grow. Um, we read in the Bible principles of seed time and harvest, that there are seasons in our life and seasons in, in, our, in our church and, and, and everything. He also talks about to reproduce after our own kind. Talks about that Paul writes that one will plant, one will water, and God will give the increase. He talks about multiplication. He talks about addition. He adds 3,000 people to be saved when Peter preaches. He talks about multiplication. He multiplies the loaves and fishes and makes 5,000 fish burgers for the people. Loaves and fishes. But before he's before he puts these fish burgers out, he begins with lettuce. You've got to begin with your greens. So before he gives all these 5,000, 4,000 fish burgers, he will always begin with lettuce. What did he do? He distributed all the loaves and the fishes. Or not all of them. He multiplied them. But before he did that, he had lettuce. He said, let us pray. I need Johnny up there to do the dudumch. <laughs> There might be a few of that tonight. So, um, so he blesses the food and then he obeys what he has in his heart to do. Ephesians 4, 11 to 16. This will be Ephesians 4, 11 to 16. Christ gave gifts to men. He gave to some the gift to be missionaries, some to be preachers, others to be Preachers who go from town to town. He gave others the gift to be church leaders and teachers. 
These gifts help his people work well for him. And then the church, which is the body of Christ, that's us, will be made strong. All of us are to be one in the faith and in knowing the Son of God. We are to be full-grown Christians, standing as high and complete as Christ himself. God is challenging us to grow. 14. Then we will not be as children any longer, unless we decide to stay there. Children are like boats, thrown up and down on a big wave. They are blown with the wind. False teaching is like the wind. False teaching, not false teaching, but false teaching... False teaching, try everything possible to make people believe a lie. That's what false teaching does. But we are to hold to the truth with love in our hearts. We are to grow up and be more like Christ. He is the leader of the church. He is the head of the church. Christ has put each part of the church in its right place. Each part helps other parts. This is what is needed to keep the whole body together. In this way, the whole body grows strong in love. All that to say that God brings his grace and he gifts all of us different gifts, different graces. He brings us different gifts to empower the body, to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. These gifts are given so that they are taught, so that they are caught and that we grow. He gives us his grace it's not ours, but he gives, he, gives, he gives it to us, excuse me, to get through us that others will be blessed. In other words, he gives us his grace to grow. Titus 2, 11 to 13. I heard Pastor Jeff preach from here the other week. Titus 2, 11 to 13. For the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. And we saw that last weekend. Easter. That word appeared means like an explosive taking place. It's like the sun exploding into darkness. So for the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. That's the saving grace. This grace also teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age while we wait for the blessed hope the appearing of the glory of our great God and Saviour Jesus Christ so we receive the saving grace not only that we receive the grace to serve we receive the grace that's going to strengthen us in times of struggle so number one we're going to look at is babies are born to grow Babies are born to grow. Now, I'm talking about spiritual babies. I'm talking about new Christians. 2 Peter 2 and 2 to 3 reads, Like newborn babies, crave milk. Crave pure spiritual milk, so that by it you may grow up in your salvation. Now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. For each of us, obviously, we've, we've all been babies. We would have experienced our first taste of growing when we were babies. We may not remember, 
but we knew that we were growing. As babies in the natural, babies are dependent upon their parents for food, for shelter, for clothing, for protection, and for love, and to be held. That's what babies need to grow. In the 40s, they had this quite a horrific experiment that was done. And this group, they took two groups of babies. One group, they loved on the babies, and they nurtured them, they fed them, they held them, they sung to them, and they looked at them. The other group, the nurses were told that all they could do was feed them and change them. They were not allowed to look at them. They were not allowed to hold them. They weren't allowed to sing to them or, or, or play with them. This was done in the 40s, quite a horrific experiment. They found later that the babies that were neglected, they were neglected of love and care and nurture and, and yeah, care, they died pretty soon. And I say that because it's so important for us as a church and as believers to provide environments that new Christians will never feel neglected by, by love or care and things like that. That's why I praise God for our ministries of hope and all our different departments and our connect groups, that there's a strong sense of belonging, a strong sense of connection. So it is in the natural, so it is in the spiritual as well. So when, unfortunately, those babies that were neglected, they died. Well, when it comes to, you know, that was very horrific. But when it comes to baby Christians, when, when Christians get saved, it's important that we, we grow them. And that's why I love how we have the, the online course and we have the Yes text. And more than that, we have each other. We have the body of Christ. We have the church. The baby should never be left alone. And I had a friend, he's still my friend, but um, he started out, he was a new Christian, and he, he, he became so full of zeal and passionate to grow. But unfortunately, he isolated himself, and he was a new Christian. He loved knowledge, but he started listening to teachings that seemed to be Christian, but weren't. Long story short, he, he eventually just turned his back on God, the whole thing. Why? Because he didn't feel that he was accepted. He, didn't, he felt neglected by certain things. Babies tend to eat anything. If a baby's on the ground and, you, and it picks up something, what is that baby going to do? That, that's right. The baby will put that object in, into his or her mouth. Well, that's what happened to my friend. Because he, he wasn't grounded in the word, he didn't have fellowship or anything like that. He didn't know what he was eating. He didn't know that it was the undoing of his faith. And you know, um, I'm not condoning this, but uh, if you want to poison a dog, you don't give the dog poison. You put the poison on the meat. The dog sees the meat and will go for it. And that's what happened to my friend. You know, Satan is a liar and he's a deceiver. And my friend um, had some teaching that wasn't in line with scripture. 
And he took that teaching and he, he swallowed the whole thing. And because of that, his growth was stunted. Satan is a liar and a deceiver. They also say that it takes a village to grow a baby, meaning that it takes a community. And that's what I love about the whole, the whole church, the body of Christ. It takes all of us to grow, to grow people. We're talking about grow, growing tonight. So number one, babies are born to grow. That with our new Christians that come into the church, that we get around them, we continue to love on them, feed them, and, and, and very importantly, that we see them, that we see them, that, that they felt that they are acknowledged. So I'll get the heavy one out of the way. Number one, babies are born to grow. Number two, which way do I grow? Which way do I grow? You can grow either way. You can grow the right way or you can go a wrong way. You can, you can grow a wrong way. You can stop growing. There's, there's all different ways that you can grow and stop growing. But an awesome way to grow is having an awesome foundation. Have a solid foundation. Ultimately, a solid foundation in God's word. Every building has a foundation. God is a builder. So long before Bob, there was always God and always will be. Is God the builder? Can he fix it? Yes, he can. God is in the building business. You read right throughout the Old Testament, he builds an ark, builds a tabernacle, builds a tent, and now he builds his, he's building his kingdom. He builds his church. And at the moment, he's building your mansion right now. His son is a carpenter. He's a builder. He's in the building business. And he wants to build things into your life and into my life. God is the master builder. I often wonder if Jesus' um, favourite band was the Carpenters from the, from the 60s. That's another... <laughs> Johnny, you better get up there. <laughs> better get... So which way do we grow? Talking about foundations. That we need to have a solid foundation in order for any house, any building, to be, to be right, right way up, I guess. Matthew 16, 16 to 18 is the account where Jesus asked Peter who he is. And Peter answers... To Jesus, you are the Messiah, the Son of the Living God. Jesus replied, "You are blessed, son, you are blessed Simon, son of, son of Jonah, because my Father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any human being. You did not learn what you did not realize that I was the Christ. Nobody told you that. Only the Holy Spirit, or only God, could have told them that. Now, verse eighteen." Now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock. And upon this rock I will build my church, and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. If you haven't, if you haven't noticed, I love plays on words. And in this scripture is a play on word. But in the English translation, the word rock is just the word rock. But in here, it has two words. Peter is the word Petros. The word Petros, Petros is the word Cephas, which is Peter. So Petros 
means stone. It's a single stone. It's immovable. I mean, sorry, it's movable. It's shifting. It's rolling. So when Jesus is talking to Peter, he goes, you are a stone. You are a rock. You are independent of a bigger stone. And then he says, but on this rock, this is the play on words that Jesus is doing, but on this rock, which is Petra, the word Petra means mass. It means solid. It's immovable. It's cornerstone. So he's saying that I'm building on the revelation that, he's, that Jesus is Christ. He's not saying that he's building the church upon Peter, who's like you and I. He's building on the revelation that Jesus is the Messiah, that Jesus is the cornerstone, that he is the rock upon which he is building his church, upon, all, upon which all of us are living stones, built together, cemented by the Holy Spirit, built up. Matthew seven twenty four to 27 is the account of the rock being building your house on the rock. Jesus is basically saying, if you know my teaching and you obey them, you are like a wise person who builds their house or builds their life upon this revelation. You build your life upon this Petra. You're building this, your life upon Jesus, our foundation. Jesus is the rock. He's the rock of all ages. We were talking in the brief just before about um, the, the latest movie, The Avengers. Anybody seen the latest movie? Okay, I know some of you have, not putting hands up. <laughs> in this movie, anyway, it's a movie. There's a quest to, to seek and find these infinity stones. There's a guy called Thanos. And if you find these six stones, you become so powerful. And these infinity stones, one of them is, I know it's a movie, one of them is space, an infinity space. And when I'm watching this movie, I can't help but get parallels to the scripture. And this is what I began to see. The first stone is space. The Bible says, he, he who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens, in order to fill the whole universe. The other stone is reality. The Bible says that when we get saved, we begin to experience a new creation reality. The other one is power, that God is omniscient, omnipotent, all-powerful and all-knowing. The other one is mind. God has not only given us a spirit of love and in power, but one of a sound mind. I know it's a movie. And what's the other stone? Is time. God from, ever, from everlasting to everlasting, and thou art God. God redeems time. And the other one was soul, the soul stone, the infinity stone. And the unique thing about this stone was in order to obtain the stone, you had to give a sacrifice of love. And last weekend we saw the ultimate sacrifice of love given and the Bible says that no greater love is that than he that lays down their life. And I know I'm talking about a movie, but as I was watching it, what hit me was a seventh stone. Excuse me. The seventh stone is a stone that encompasses all of that and more. The seventh stone is the cornerstone. It's Christ the living stone. And this stone, you don't have to go to any planet to find it. 
It's not, you don't have to go to any avenger that is guarding it. This is a stone that you can receive in your heart. It's the living stone, the cornerstone in Jesus Christ. He is the rock of all ages. He is the rock of our salvation. 1 Peter 2, 4-7 says, As you come to him, the living stone, rejected by humans, but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For in Scripture it says, See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone, and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Now to you who believe, this stone, Jesus, is precious. But to those who do not believe, the stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. So babies are born to grow, that we are to create an environment for them to grow. And which way do we grow? We grow on the foundation of Jesus Christ. Number three is feed the seed. Feed the seed. First Peter 1 and 23 says, You have been given a new birth, or you have been born again. It was from the seed that cannot die. This new life is from the word of God, which lives forever. In other words, we have received the seed of the word of God the moment we get saved. And we know that a seed needs to be fed. We need to feed the seed inside of us. Like I said before, Paul writes that one will plant, one will water, and God will give the increase. And often, uh, sometimes when we're witnessing to people, we could get a little bit impatient. Sometimes we would plant, we would want to plant water and see them saved straight away. But sometimes it doesn't work like that. Sometimes we're watering the seed for maybe months, maybe years. But it's God that gives the increase. So the purpose of seed, the seed inside of you is the seed of the word of God. Seed has great potential inside of it. So the seed needs to be fed. It needs to be fed the right nutrition. It needs to be in a place that has the right conditions. What are the conditions that you need to plant things? You need water. You need sun and you need light. Jesus is all of that. He is the word to be washed with the water of the word. He is the Son, S-O-N, and he is light. He wants to grow us. He wants to grow us to become all that he has for us. So the seed is God's word. Has powerful potential that's inside of you right now. Powerful. The word is a seed. And the seed needs to be planted but the purpose of the seed is not only just to be planted, but it's to bear fruit. It's to bear much fruit. It's to bear fruit because that is what people will see. People need to see the fruit of our lives, the fruit of the Spirit inside of us. What fruit are you displaying in your life? 
What fruit are you displaying in your workplace and in your families? We have the incorruptible seed of the word of God inside of us. The Bible says that man looks on the outward appearance and God looks at the heart. So if man looks at the outward appearance, it's very important that they, that they see something. I need water too. It's very important that people can see the fruit of our lives. Galatians talks about the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, kindness, self-control and things like that. Those are the fruits that we are to display, especially when times are tough. And number four is grow your faith. Grow your faith. The disciples asked Jesus one time, increase our faith. Increase our faith. But Jesus' response to them was, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, and say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted into the sea, it will obey you. You see, the disciples asked for increase. They said, Jesus, increase, enlarge, make my faith massive. But Jesus comes from the opposite side and says, if you have a seed the size of a mustard seed. You see, Jesus stares away from the, from the, um, from the quantity that the, that the disciples were looking at. They were looking at the quantity, meaning the largeness of it. But Jesus was referring to the power and the potential that's in a seed of faith, which is in you and I. He's not looking at the, the increase because they wanted to increase their faith. He was looking at the power and potential that's within the seed, the faith the size of a mustard seed. So how can we increase our faith? Faith comes by faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That's right. James 1:21 says talks about receive the engrafted word of God. Receive the engrafted word. If I have to take this Bible and come down to Michael Partha and I was to engraft this into him. The word engraft means to, to make one. It means to join. It means that this is no longer separated from Michael. It becomes the one with him. That Michael now becomes one with the word. That he begins to grow that way. To engraft means to be implanted, have the word implanted. And we need this Bible, this word of God, to be implanted in all of our lives, like in our marriages and in our families in our schools and, and everything that we do. See, this Bible's a bit, a bit ripped. <laughs> I heard a saying that it says, this Bible was falling apart, so I don't. <laughs> I like that. I heard another preacher say, um, clean Bible, dirty Christian. <laughs> dirty Bible, clean Christian. <laughs> so... If, just look at your neighbor's Bible and <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. And graft. Grow your faith. Faith comes by hearing by the word of God. Fear is the opposite to faith, and fear can also come by hearing. I remember coming back from one of my cousins' place when I was younger, 
and I did something. I think I smashed the window with a golf ball playing cricket. I remember coming back and it was quiet on the way home and I knew how I had to try and grease up to Dad before he found out. We almost get home and my dad says, Son, just wait till you get home, boy. I heard the word and fear came. Fear gripped me because I knew when I got home I'm going to have part two of the lesson of the belt of truth, of correction. So fear comes by hearing as well. Unbelief can come by hearing. My friend that was far away from God, he heard something that made him scared. He heard something that questioned his faith. And as a result of hearing doubt and unbelief, he was unable to pursue what God had for him. Um, I heard uh, another preacher say, fear tolerated is faith contaminated. Faith tolerated is fear contaminated. That we walk by faith and not by sight. We walk by faith and not by our, our natural senses. Not by what we see and not by what we hear and things like that. Are you in faith? Or are you in doubt or unbelief? Jesus said he couldn't heal somebody because there was unbelief. That's how powerful unbelief is. So what are you hearing? What are you listening to? What are you positioning your gateways of your soul to? Guard your heart. So number four is grow your faith. We're talking about grow family, talking about growing. We don't want to be the same this time next year as we are today. We want to continue to grow because God wants to see increase in our lives. And number five is grow by renewing our minds. Romans 12.2, we know that passage. It's um, don't be conformed to the ways of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Proverbs 23.7 says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So how important is it for us to get our thinking in alignment with his word. There's a battle that goes on. You know, the Bible says, Ephesians um, talks about that our battle is not against flesh and blood, but it's against the principalities and the powers of the air. There's also a battle of the soul, the battle of our mind. There's a battle, the battlefield is where our thinking is at. There are certain things that we've we got to allow into our mind and things that we don't allow into our mind. Many, many, many years ago, very dry, I was a bouncer. Long time ago, long time ago, long time ago. All these streets up here, used to work at one called James Street and uh, Pinocchio's. Used to work in a place called Pinocchio's on Thursday nights. We had the front and the bikers had the back. And then there was another place in Metro, it's called Metro, but in Fremantle. It got a bit, it got a bit rough down there. So I went from uh, Metro Nightclub to Metro Night Service. So <laughs> I like the latter one better. But when I was a bouncer down there, um, when they had VIP parties, they would come out and they will give us the list. And this list was very strict. Only the people on this list are allowed in. Anyone else, we, we, they're not allowed to come in. So the point I'm making is 
that we need to have bounces on the forefront of our thinking. We need to have put up guards on our thinking. There are certain things that come into our thought life that we have to look at the list. We have to look at the list and see, does the thinking that trying to enter into the club of my mind line up with the list of his word? And if it doesn't line up with his word, we have to cast it down. Cast them out. No. <laughs> Lay hands on them. No. There are certain things that we're thinking that don't align with his word. Paul talks about in 1 Corinthians 10 to cast down vain imaginations, to, to you know, break those strongholds. What's a stronghold? It's a strong grip on a certain thought that begins to control your actions. That's why it's so important to put these guards on the gateways of our soul that we, we take inventory of what's coming into our thinking. We go, no, I'm not going to allow that thought to happen. No, I'm not going to allow that. I cast that down. Why? Because I can. I'm able to. I'm able to. I may be tempted, but the Bible says that God will always provide the exit when I am. The battle takes place up here in our mind. Put those bounces to work. Let nothing but that which is lined up with the list. Let nothing enter your mind unless it's scriptural. Oh, you know what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying. Ice cream. I feel like an ice cream now. Does that come into my head? Is it lined up? <laughs> Not thinking about that. I'm thinking about big decisions that must line up with the word of God. Must line up. Yeah. So, talking about growing, we're talking about providing an environment which we have done so well here in church where babies can grow, where they will be nurtured and they will be loved and they will be seen and they will be challenged. We need babies, Christians, to grow, that they won't be neglected of any rejection of, of any type. We need to know which way to grow, to continue to grow on the foundation of the rock. If we've slipped off the rock, we need to, you know, just come back to God, make that decision to come back and rebuild, realign our life on the foundation of his word. We need to feed the seed we need to feed the seed because the seed needs to breed. And when it needs to breed, the breed will meet a need. That's what it will. The word of God inside of you needs to be fed because the purpose of that seed is not for you. It's given to you to get through you that others will be blessed. God works through us so others can come to Christ, that others can be blessed. We need to position ourselves Make a decision, another rhyme. Make a decision to be positioned in a place where you will receive the right conditions, which is the light, the sun, and the water of the word. And some say you need oxygen too, which is breath, which is the Holy Spirit. A combination of these things will enable you and empower you and grace you to grow and to become all that God has for us. Settle for nothing but the promises of God. That's what the life that we're all, you know, desiring to live because that's what he wants us to do. Grow our faith. Continue to position yourself to feed and hear the word of God. Not only hear the word of God, but as we know, not only converse the word of God, but just do it. Do the word of God. Not just to be a hearer only. Grow our faith. And grow by renewing our minds. 
put the guards on our thought life. Very important to surrender our thought life to God by putting those bounces in place. Thoughts that line up with the word of God come in there. In other words, even the thoughts that are designed to put limitations on what we can do, thoughts that come and cause doubt, okay, oh, you can't do that, oh, you're not able to fulfil that or whatever, whatever those thoughts are that do not line up with the word of God. It's like getting our thinking, you know, getting our thinking out of a confinement and in alignment with his assignment, which is his word, that like tonight needs to be heard. And once it's heard, it needs to be treated as a verb, which is a doing word. It's no, it's no, it's no good if our thinking is just in that place of confinement because it's limitations. It needs to be in alignment with his assignment, which is his word. Our thinking. Not stinking thinking, but in alignment with his word. And I'll finish with this. Um, one of the American presidents from way back, Jeremy, you might know, he quoted this, well, he said, to, he said this, all that is required for evil to triumph is for good men to do nothing. But I want to relate that to tonight's message. All that is required for evil to triumph is for Christians not to grow. The title tonight is To Grow or Not to Grow. God has designed you and I to grow. That's why he put the seed of the word of God inside of us. What are you going to decide? Of course, we're going to decide to grow. Last week it was, it was Easter. Salvation was provided for all. And we want to grow to the point. Last week I talked about the Gethsemane and the cross and the empty tomb. And it's almost like, just as I'm closing this, the Lord's saying that just he wants us to grow or he wants me to grow to a point where we can have a Gethsemane moment where no matter what kind of pressure we're under, Remember, Jesus was in the garden and he was anguished. He was under so much distress that he was bleeding, you know, tears and drops of blood. But what he did, he chose over his own flesh and over his own will, he chose to do God's will. And I think just looking at that for me, it's can I grow to a place where I can be in a Gethsemane, where no matter what the pressure is, no matter what the temptation is, am I able to decide over my flesh to choose God's will? Am I able to say, Lord, nevertheless, Lord, my flesh wants to do that, I want to do that, it feels good, everybody's doing this, but nevertheless, not my will, but your will. And when I choose to do that, when I choose to do that, I'm pointing people to the cross. Every time we, we follow God's will, he will always point to God's will, which is ultimately the cross, salvation. And when people are pointed to the cross, they will have an empty tomb experience. Not an experience, but salvation. So church, just want to encourage us to continue to do all that we can do and all that we're doing to not only grow ourselves, but to grow others. The Bible says to go into all the world and make disciples 
You know, we saw that when we become Christians, babies are born. Babies are born again. When we're born again, instantly we receive salvation, eternal life. But Jesus said, make disciples. Make disciples. Give people an opportunity to get to the cross so they can get to the empty tomb themselves. Thank you, church. Let's, let's pray. Let's pray. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for the challenge and the call and the command to grow, Father. Lord, that you never designed us to be at a standstill, Father, but that you, your heart for us is to grow and to become, to multiply, to increase, to enlarge, Father, because you have so much for us, Father. You have so much in us to get through us, Lord, that others can be blessed, Lord. There's such potential, such amazing potential in every heart in this place, Father. Lord, I pray for everyone here, Lord, to help us to to grow, Father. Help us to move from a place of a standstill and into, into our lane, Father, into the place that you've graced us to run, Father. Thank you, Father. Lord, and I just... I just thank you for tonight, Father. I thank you for what you're doing in everybody's life, Father. The plan and the purpose that you have for each of us. And I thank you, Lord, for what you see inside of each of us, Lord. Help us to grow, to become to become that. In Jesus' name. I just want to give an opportunity now that if there is anybody here that is not Jesus, is there anybody here that wants to know the Jesus that I serve, the Jesus that we all love, the one that died in our place? Jesus loves you so much. I made this decision when I was 19. I didn't understand anything, but I just knew something in my heart was niggling at me, and I I know now that it was the Holy Spirit. Jesus is alive. I never understood it, but I, I could witness to it. And the Bible says that if, if you believe in your heart, it doesn't say if you understand everything about it. It says if you simply believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that God raised Jesus from the dead, you will be saved. If there's anyone here tonight, I'm going to pray for you. But if there's anyone that wants to join in that prayer, if there's anyone here, if you just... Give me a show of hands if there's anyone here that would like to receive Jesus, receive their gift of grace tonight. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Father God, I pray for these these two young people, Father. I thank you for their their boldness, Lord. I thank you for their willingness to, to um, Lord, just to, to acknowledge you as Jesus, to acknowledge you as the Lord, Father. I thank you for salvation has come to them now, Lord. I thank you, Father, that their life will never be the same, Lord. I thank you, Father, that you would help them to grow. Lord, that the seed that is engrafted into them right now, Father, that you would help them to grow and become not only a baby Christian, Lord, but they will come 
become your disciples, Father. We thank you, Father. I'm going to pray for these people. And church, I want to invite you two to join with me. Father God, we thank you for the gift of salvation. We thank you that it's only by your grace that we are saved. I pray, help these people. Thank you for their purpose that you have for them. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Thank you. Some of you might already know that uh, we have the yes text and we have the, um, the email address and what that is designed to do is to help and our discipleship. And each morning that you will get a text of a scripture and a mini prayer that will help us, will help you to pray and help you to on your journey to know the word. And we also have a um, the online course that's happening as well. So make yourself available to all those things. And uh, again, family, thank you for tonight and really pray that we will all continue to grow in Christ. In Jesus' name, amen, amen.